I'd like to welcome everybody to Clergy Talk Podcast, The World Wants to Know. Today's episode, I have Chase Glance on my show. With that being said, I'm going to turn the floor over to him and let him properly introduce himself. Go ahead, Chase. Hey, uh, my name is Chase Glance. I am a hospital chaplain and practicing Christian mystic. I have been a missionary in uh, 11 plus countries and uh, now serve as a second year chaplain resident at the VA in Pittsburgh. Wow, that's amazing. A mission in 11 countries? 11 plus, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So what kind of stuff do you run in different countries? Is it the same old stuff in America or is it a whole new different ball game? Uh, it's a whole new different ball game. Uh, it's, uh, are you still there? Can you I'm hear me? Still here. Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. Um, so in different countries, you have a lot of uh, cultural needs and uh, when I worked with other countries, I worked with local ministries. Okay. And, and um, working with um, a lot of changing cultural perceptions without making them look like me. Oh, okay, okay. Which is which is really hard because um, when I grew up, I thought that everyone. Uh, it's not that everyone doesn't need Jesus. It's that everyone doesn't need the Jesus that looks like me. Right, 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 right. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot yeah. Of sense. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so um, when I went to Central America, there was a lot of uh, need for um, working with orphans mm. and and things of that nature. And then when I was in Romania, um, there's a lot of work that needs to be with youth because there's a um, cultural problem that stems from uh being unhappy oh and wow. Yeah, wow. statistically they are like one of uh one of the most prosperous nations but they are one of the most unhappy and um and so when i was working with the church there he said yeah we're here to bring the joy of christ because people here are um they, they've forgotten what it means to be joyful mm. So is it the same kind of unhappy that American youth experience or is it different um, kind of unhappy? It's a different kind of unhappy. Uh, I think the American youth um, were told a lot of, I would say, cultural myths that were half-truths. Yeah, yeah. And so when they grew up and they found out that that didn't work, hmm. um then they're like, what the heck, guys? Uh, whereas um, in Romania, a lot of the kids, from what I was told and from what I experienced, um, because they had just got out of communism in 1993, yeah, the culture was like, be tough. Because if you're not, you're, you're going to get eaten alive, pal. Mm, mm. And so um, a lot of the kids, when they go to school, the teachers are like, you're stupid. Um, you know, you're never going to amount to nothing. And it's not that I, I don't think they actually believe that. I think that's like, if you're not tough, guys, you're done. Mm. You're done. Mm. And so when I got there and I'm, you know, I'm a big guy and I was telling them, you know, I'm here because Jesus loves you. They, 
they're like, well, we know that Jesus loves us. I'm like, no, but like sometimes Jesus loves you by being a goofball. And like sometimes it's okay to like play. And right, right, right. And so um, there's a lot of need there in terms of uh, love and mm. telling people like, if you have a dream, like go for it. Like it, it's, it's not, you're not dumb. It's not dumb to dream. Right. It's, it's not right. dumb to, to go for it because I believe that God's put that on your heart. Okay. So let me ask another question since we're on the mission field questions now. What sure. country had the probably the most intense spiritual battle? Cambodia, hands down. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, Cambodia, historically, you, you have things like um, Pol Pot and um, you have a lot of uh, and also, um, the national religion from when I was there, I think it's still that way is Buddhism. Mm. So a lot, like when you come to America, everyone is Christian. Like when you go to Cambodia, everyone, you know, I'm Buddhist. And, um, while I do believe there's a lot of people that are good people mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they don't hurt nobody. They're fine. Um, spiritually, sometimes there's a lot of heavy spiritual, the only way I could really describe it as heaviness where I was. Um, I was, li- I was in a, a YWAM base in the middle of Camp Pot is kind of in the jungle. Mm. And there were, um, four Buddhist temples around us. And again, not to say that all Buddhist temples are bad places. There's pla- there were places where they did a lot of good. Okay. But spiritually, like it was just a heavy place. I got, um, I got sick for no reason when I was out there. Um, wow. I was only working maybe about four hours a day teaching English, and I would just come out of there. I'd be drained, and I'd have to go to sleep. Oh. Um, oh. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot of places in Cambodia where um, I think spiritually it gets handed down to generation. So there's two major thoughts in theology. One is that God is something very tangible. Okay. So where I grew up in evangelicalism, it was all about the cross and Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Right, right, right. And, and so there's a lot of, uh, service oriented around the crucifixion. So you have like confession of sin and you have an anthem and then you have a sermon and then you have people proclaiming Christ. And that's kind of the way service goes. Christian mysticism does the opposite and saying that, Jesus died for your sins on the cross, and that's a big mystery. And so rather than having a service oriented with lots of things, they present services with a lot of listening. So there's contemplative practices where you'll read the Bible, a Bible passage, seven times. Um, and each time we're listening. Um and you must do everything inside your heart to get you into a listening posture. Mm. Um, what I typically happens to me is I got a lot of stuff on my mind. 
And by the time I get to listening prayer, I got to talk to God about it. Um, so usually the first 30 minutes are me going, God, I'm scared of this. God, I have a problem with this. God, you say this, I'm working on believing in that. Um, and again, the, the outcome of listening prayer is closeness with God. Right. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So how does that tie in with being a hospital chaplain? Well, when I encounter people in the hospital, typically they are in crisis. Right. So um, I also work uh, specifically in hospice. So um, you kind of have two kinds of um, two extremes, and then people are somewhere in the middle usually. You have people who, when they receive word of uh, a bad diagnosis or, hey, you got a year to live, uh, on a good day, three months on a bad day. Um, or you get some people that go, you know, three to five years max. Um, they either go very closely to their tradition to where I, as a hospital chaplain, go, yes, do that. As long as you're not hurting anybody, go for it. Or typically what happens on the other side is that their faith no longer works for them. And so as a Christian mystic, I encourage them to listen to that. Hmm. Um, I'll, I'll say, well, yeah, um, God is good and you got cancer. So do you think that might make God, you know, how, how do you feel about God now? And sometimes the honest answer is, you know, I don't like God. That's fine, man. You cannot like God. Other times they'll say things like, I just never thought I could find God with cancer. Mm. I said on, on Christmas, his ex-wife called. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't spoken to her in four years. Wow. And um, so during that time, he it, it just got really clear to him that like, while my ex-wife called, uh, my kids called, I, I need to start, you know, saying what I need to say. Okay. And then towards the end, um, as people are passing away, um, families then get involved and then they start to really um, look at, well, what do I believe about the afterlife? And what do I believe about... Um, where God is during all of this. And so as a chaplain, uh, I'm okay with embracing the mystery because I believe that Christ is also in the mystery because God is near. I guess I came up with a weird conclusion when I got diagnosed with uh, stage four prostate cancer, which I, oh, beat, gosh. which I beat uh, with the help of God. I said, sure. well, Mike, it must have been that pork sandwich that finally got you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah. I, I didn't blame God because I know, you know, because we're in a fallen world, there's diseases, there's stuff, you know, all kinds sure. of garbage we got to deal with as human beings. So, 
And that's me going through a long, long, long time of living without being sick at all ever, you know, except for maybe a flu or a cold or something, you know, maybe a physical injury, but nothing like, oh, my goodness. And the doctor's looking like you like, okay, you might want to start getting your family together. I go, I don't want to talk to that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And and during those times, like as, as a chaplain, I want to go, yeah, don't talk to that guy. If that's where you're at right now, man, right, like right, I'm, right. I'm praying for a healing and a miracle too. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is something that I think uh, some people, if they don't believe in like miracles, right, they, right. they really go, they really go. Hmm? Or the other side uh, where if people really do believe in miracles, then they'll say things like, well, you're not believing hard enough or you'll get a miracle. Mm, and mm. and I'll go. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think they just. That's not where they are right now. Right. Well, and that's okay. Well, when you look at the traditional Christianity, and I grew up as a Methodist, a traditional church, and then mm-hmm. kind of drifted to a Baptist church for a minute, and uh, you know. So, but when you think about it, you have the extreme. The miracle is going to happen. Or miracles don't happen no more. Right. You know, and then a lot of Christians are like somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping for a miracle, but maybe I'm not going to get a miracle. So. And then, so then you have to re-examine like, why do people have miracles? And, and you know, why does, and there have been a number of times, uh, like I used to work for a level one trauma center. Mm. And there, there was a, there was a lady there that they were like, yeah, she's done. She's done. Wow. And then the nurse manager called us both in, uh, called the chaplain that was there and me. And she's like, so I don't believe in using the word miracle a lot. And I was like, yeah. She's like, but this patient right here, that's a miracle. I go, what do you mean? She goes, literally, we just prepared her for surgery. And she got better. Wow. And 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 we were like, yeah. And she said, yeah. And that happened after y'all visited her. Wow. And so we were like, awesome, praise God. And she's like, yeah. And I don't. She goes, and I don't believe in miracles. Like I don't. She's like, but that's a miracle. Wow. So, and so she's wow. like, so whatever y'all are doing, like keep doing it. We're like, awesome. Wow. <laughs> so. Well. Every now and then I'll come across a medical story where doctors are sharing their trauma experiences and they'll say, we wheeled this guy in at 845 and uh, by all medical facts and science, supposed to be dead. But -hmm. there's still a heartbeat, there's still a pulse, there's still breathing, there's still movement, there's still brain activity, and we don't know why. So I was talking to a gentleman on my last episode and he said that God can hear you, heal you through the spirit. I believe that. Mm. I believe that 100%. Uh, I probably don't know all the theological explanations behind that, but I do believe that. I believe that too. I also believe that um, my theology on that really deals with what the healing will do mm. afterward. So, for instance, when I think of, um, when I think of Lazarus, and, and, and him, like, he was dead for three days. Wow, that's and a long time. And yeah. this was like, okay, uh, 
and and he he knew he was dead. Like he told he told his sister, like, hey, uh, um, he's gonna be woken up again. They're like, oh, he's asleep. He's like, no, no, he's dead. Uh, and then when Jesus calls him, uh, well, first he weeps, right, which right. to me says like it was real for for Jesus. Like I don't think that was that was a uh theater for Jesus. Like right, he felt right, the grief. Right. And then it says he was moved by compassion. And in doing so, he called Lazarus up from the dead. And in doing so, that community then knew who Jesus was. Mm. And sometimes I think miracles reveal who Jesus is. Mm. And then other times, as tough as it may be, I think sometimes when people pass away, they know people know who Jesus is when they upon reflection of that person's life. Right, 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 right. Um, and so for me, when when a miracle doesn't happen, I I say, okay, where is God? Because I know God is here. I'm just still figuring out where. Mm. Does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. I wonder how many doctors actually got saved witnessing or watching. A miracle, mm. loosely using the term "saved" because some people say, "Well, saved is just uh, one of those crazy Christian terms." And once you get saved, God is continuing to save you over and over and over again. You know, I had a once ask guy tell me that, and uh, um, then he say, "Born again." Well, what do you mean, born again? You know what the Greek says. And <laughs> you got all those all those kind of arguments. So, a believer. Right. How many right. how many doctors became believers? After witnessing X amount of stuff for the last three or four years of their of their work as a doctor, that's the kind of stuff I kind of wonder about. Yeah, and a lot of doctors and nurses that I know are believers. Okay, that's good. Those, those that are, and and that's also part of my job is particularly during COVID. Um, people now are going like, dude, I. <sighs> This is not what I signed up for when I became a nurse. Right. And right, right. as a chaplain, I'm going, yeah, man. That, and then so, a lot of them are going, uh, you know, if God hasn't been carrying me through this, like, I don't know what I would do. Wow. And I'll go, yeah. So how can, how can I help that? Um, you know, a lot of them like prayer. Uh, we do, uh, we did a thing at one of my, residencies where we did the blessing of the hands mm. where we take water and we pour water on their hands and say, you know, may your hands be set apart from common to sacred use. Um, may they be healing touches to those who are ill. And it's about as ecumenical as you can get. Right. Right. Right, right. A lot of the staff are going, thank you. Thank you so much. Like, we have no idea what that has done for our staff. I'm going, wow. Okay. So, um, care, I think particularly during the pandemic has touched everybody and, um, being a spiritual caretaker, which I believe is following Jesus involves calling attention to that. God is near, mm. even in a place where it can feel very dark. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can connect with that because uh, 
when I was uh, when I was in Desert Storm as a combat engineer over there, I told this story before in the episodes. We were sitting in a tent and we were told the next day we we're going to go deeper in the country. And as a combat engineer, the, all the ground war was over, but they said that you know there might be a pocket of resistance floating around. So me and this guy started talking about you know the Lord Christ and all that stuff. And next thing you know, the, the tent got real real quiet. You know. And uh, people just start gathering around. This one guy said, uh, hey, you guys, I'm Catholic. Can I join in? I said, come on in, man. You're, you're a brother in Christ regardless of all the theological differences. But you're like, whoop de doop de doo You believe Jesus resurrected? That's cool with me. So, mm -hmm. and uh, when I think about that, that was probably one of the darkest hours of my life because I didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Know? I didn't know if I was going to be going in there. The next thing you know, guns blazing. But, you know, thank God we went in there, we saw some stuff, you know, the after effects of the ground war, but nothing happened, you know, so. Mm. But the idea of thinking about what could happen, that's always the scary part. Yeah, and um, a lot of mysticism embraces, Christian mysticism embraces, um, during that darkness, I always felt like I was a bad Christian Mm. because I was going, I'm supposed to believe this, but right now, mm -hmm. right, <laughs> uh, right, right, right. And right, in Christian right. mysticism, they go, no, that's part of growth. Whenever you grow spiritually, something that you used to believe don't work no more. Mm. Mm. And, it, and it doesn't mean that it's less true. It might mean that you have an opportunity for refinement. Right, right, right. Wow. Which, wow. um, I, I, like before I started to do my own theological education and learn about like spiritual development, I thought I was a bad person. Mm. And, and they're like, no, you're a person who's growing closer to Jesus. Um, you aren't promised, uh, you know, a life that's good and perfect and without any pain, what you're promised is the cross mm. and your promise is resurrection. Mm -hmm, okay. And you can't get resurrection without the cross. I'm like, ah, Okay, that's what I signed up for. Got it. Right, 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 right. Wow. I remember uh, having a conversation with a nurse, and he told me that that he could usually tell the people who had a strong relationship with, with God when they were passing. Mm. Because he said the ones that he kind of like had an ideal were atheists, like they struggled so much harder, so much mm. harder not to die. And the ones that, that had a good relationship, the transition was like really smooth. Some of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Most and, of the time. Yeah. And I was wondering, did you ever notice anything like that or? Um, it really depends on. The illness, I guess, you know, too. Well, well it depends on a couple of things. One being the illness and two. Um, I think just like Christians are diverse, I also think that atheism is also very diverse. Mm. And um, I, I think a lot of times before I got into uh, being a hospital chaplain, mm -hmm. I, I caricatured a lot of atheists as like, this is what atheists believe. Right, 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 and, right, right, um, right. I think a lot of people who would identify as atheists um, uh, there's a huge number that believe there is something. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, and so like one gentleman that I know, he's like, yeah, I believe in energy. 
And, you know, when my energy goes, it's going to go to somewhere else. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's different, different, different than what I believe, but okay. Um, and then some people um, who have a problem with God or don't believe in God, they'll say things like, um, I'm looking forward to what comes next because I have hope. Mm. And and so I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Like, and, and I was like, I have hope in Jesus. So, okay, you have hope. Great. How how can I help you in this transition? But yeah, and there are some people like like I know that are terrified. That and then there was another gentleman recently, um, that was a uh, Christian, but he was also terrified. Mm. And so um, I wish I could tell you that it was like fifty fifty, but it's not. Wow. It's 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 always very personal. Wow. Um, wow. Particularly if some people are passing away and they feel, um, are you familiar with, uh, oh gosh, I'm drawing, um, Eric Erickson? No, I'm not. Um, Eric Erickson kind of does the, the life cycle stages where each one, you either start as a baby and as a baby, you either develop trust to where, okay, someone's going to look after me if I'm upset or mistrust etc and it goes all the way through the life stages and the very last life stage before you pass away um what i deal with a lot is is it okay to have been me and as a chaplain if you're and that includes spirituality to me okay um and i'm not saying that like science trumps my faith i always right. say science supports right. my faith. right 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 so a lot of times when people are asking things like, well, I'm going to die. Um, you know, what does God think about me? And what does God think about how I've lived my life? Wow. And then during that time, that's when we, rubber hits the road and they start asking the, the questions. Yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. For some strange reason, this is going to sound psychotic. I keep thinking about this joke I tell all the time, and uh, right. I got a I weird like brain. I got a weird brain. I really, really do. It's okay, me too. You're cool, man. <laughs> and uh, the joke goes like this: This pastor walks into a room, teaches Christ, and then he asks everybody who wants to go to heaven. Everybody raises their hand except one guy. He says, "I want to go." To and the pastor asks him. Son, don't you want to go to heaven? He says, yeah, I want to go, but not right now, you know. So, <laughs> and, and for some strange reason, that joke just popped up in my head. I don't know why. I, I guess right there's now. some type of connection there, you know. Like well, when people I mean, are dying, they know they got to die, but they have to choose between, well, if you're a Christian and you're dying, you know you're going to go to heaven. But there's hmm. always that Christian that's dying that doesn't want to die right now. Well, it, just because we're okay with where we're going, right, doesn't doesn't mean that we're okay with everything that has happened here. Oh, that and, makes sense. And I think a lot of Christians are very okay with the finality of right, death. Right, 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 right. But they'll say things like, "I, I yelled at my kid, and we haven't talked in in years." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and and to me, I go, "Okay, um, that's that's real, man." 
So have you talked to your kid? Because I guarantee you, you know, 10, 10 minute phone conversation, change, change his life, change your life. Right, 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 right. You know, um, or whenever families come, I always ask, you know, is there anything you want to say? Like, have you said everything you need to say? And sometimes they'll say things like, there's like, I just want to tell you one more time that I love you. Okay. Or they'll say like, I just want a mom hug one more time. You know, because after that, that's it. That makes sense. That makes sense. I guess on the other hand, because every now and then I talk about death because it's part of eschatology. Mm-hmm. I think I think if somebody's, you know, maybe 95 years old, their body's tired, they're worn out, they might be ready to roll out of here. Oh, yeah. 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 You know? <laughs> um, one of my favorite visits I had, uh, I, I it was when I was just starting off being a chaplain and this lady got like three days to live, like straight up there, like, you're going to be dead in three days. Wow. And and then they were like, so chaplain, you need to go talk to them. I was like, okay. Uh, so, and plus I was just starting out, didn't know how to do this yet, still figuring it out. Okay. Uh, and I went up to her and I said, hey, um, I heard you got some bad news. Uh, she's like, you know, I think I'm good. I said, yeah. And she goes, yeah, like I know Jesus is God. And I know I'm going to heaven. So, like, Chaplain, I appreciate you coming by, but, like, I'm good, honey. I'm I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready for whatever's next. And, and I was like, what are you looking forward to in heaven? And we just talked about, like, God in heaven. And it was one of the – because I was just starting out, it was one of the strangest conversations I've ever had about heaven mm. because – it wasn't like she wasn't sad about dying, but she was not scared of it. Okay, okay. Yeah, and and so holding those two together was the first time I'd ever ever experienced that. Wow, wow. Yeah. Well, I'll be honest. When I got diagnosed with prostate cancer, I was scared like like a daggone chicken, man. Oh yeah, man. And that's Cause, normal. Because uh, you know, the cancer is something that runs in, in my family. So, mm. and you uh, know. But then again, it, it got to a point where I said, maybe I'll get to see my pet dog again when I die, you know. So that's, 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 that's another sickness in my mind and how it works, you know. But like I can say, uh, I get it. I get it. I get it. You know, I can, I get it. I understand it. Like the story I told you about the other storm, I had an atheist said to me, well, the reason why everybody talked, because they needed hope. And Jesus is your hope. I said, you know something, I'm about 10 seconds from punching you in your mouth. So. <laughs> wrong, uh, wrong response, I know. <laughs> well, part of, me, part of me would then respond with, yeah, Jesus is my hope. What hope do you have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, not, and not as a, uh, you know, stick it to him, but right, like... Right, 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 right. But right. What, what are you hoping in today, man? And, you know... And it's just an opportunity to listen and love my neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, but and it also doesn't shy back from the fact that I believe in Jesus. Right, 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 right. Well, through and through. Yeah. Well, well, I'm very less combative now with my theological perspective. Um, <laughs> if I mean my younger days, back in '91 when I went to my first seminary school, which was an unaccredited seminary school, but I learned a whole lot of stuff from them. So. You know, hey man, I'll, I'll give him that. So, um, um, 
back then, I didn't have a problem with debating with you all day. And if we wanted to roll up our sleeves and go up in the alley and debate some more, we could do that too. But now, <laughs> now that I'm older, okay, and come to the realization that uh, sometimes you got to listen to somebody's viewpoint, even though you think it's wrong, you listen anyway, you know. So maybe they don't want to be corrected. Maybe they just want to express their viewpoint. Because if you got an audience observing two people talk, one's a Christian, believes in the Bible, and the other one believes that, you know, something weird, they're going to be more uh, curious on how the Christian responds, you know. Sure. Versus and, everything else, so, you know. And also, I have an opportunity to learn. Right, true, true. Um, because, you know, I sometimes I go, you know what, there's, there's, I really don't believe that, but I'm really glad that you do mm. because um, I'm happy you found peace. Right. And right, um, right. I'm a firm believer. Uh, I'm a firm believer in common grace. Okay. Um, and I also believe that uh, while I believe in Christian exclusivity, I also believe that Christ is doing things and people believe differently all the time. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Things like um yeah, I believe that. A lot of a lot of Muslims are saying like I saw Prophet Isa and we were like, You saw Prophet Isa? And he was like, Yeah, and he was like And so I was like, That's really cool. And mm -hmm. and they're like and like we don't or sometimes they'll go like I saw uh, or I've talked to some people and they'll say, you know, I'm I'm not really sure um why I feel so much peace. Right, 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 right. And then and then I'll go, you know, what do you, what do you think that is? And they'll, sometimes they'll be like, I don't know. Or sometimes they'll go, God? Mm. Uh, you know, I'll, I buy that. Absolutely. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. So, um, wow. yeah. Um, so it, it's a matter of um, preaching at them. Because on Sunday I get to preach anyway. Okay. And those guys and those guys show up when they want to get preached at. Mm. But there's some people who they you know, you show up in their hospital bed, they're like, What do you want, chaplain? You know, get the F out of my room. Um, some of them they're Christians, but I mean, if you're sick all day, the last thing you want is sometimes someone Hey, how's it going? Eh, you know, so um, it's a matter of how do I know my neighbor enough to show that they're loved? Right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Well, I can, when I reflect, I pretty much liked my team except for this one doctor who was Mr. Straightforward by the book. This is what the data says. That's it. And he just had a, a, a aura about him that I just didn't like, you know. I guess he was kind of, and everybody said he's a great doctor, but to me, if I had to choose between playing bingo with Hitler and playing bingo with him, I'd probably play bingo with Hitler, you know. <laughs> wow. I, I know that's, that's extreme, but like I said, my brain is wired like that, so, you know. Sure, um, sure. I, I guess that's because of the way he made me feel, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. sure I'm not the only person 
Well, what they told me was that he has terrible bedside manners. Mm. And I said, well, somebody needs to take him and, and we'll help him work through that, uh, that. Somebody needs to hold his hand and kind of tell him that even though all the data says that you're done, that you don't necessarily have to express that since you're the only one that you're rendering this uh, 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 radiation therapy to me. You don't have to tell me that. I don't need to hear that. Keep it to yourself. You know? <laughs> well, again, it's kind of like um, the I work with uh, some of the palliative care teams. Okay. Um, I right now I'm shadowing uh, the chaplain over the palliative care teams, and uh, the doctor that I fo follow, um, her thing is like, well, what what kind of life do you want to live? Here, here's what you got. Here's your options, and um, she's great at being like, look, you can have three months. We don't do anything. You live great, and you'll pass. You have six months, probably, where it'll kind of suck, and but you'll have six more months, or you go nine months, and it'll probably really suck because there's going to be a lot of treatment on a lot of things. So what would you like? And sometimes the veterans go, you know, I think a good three will be good. You know, so um, it and. Then during those times are when I I can come in and talk about like you know, what's going on, you know. And a lot of times they'll say things like, uh, you know, I just want to talk to my family some more, mm. or I I gotta do this, or or they'll say things like, well, God just gave me a number, you know. And I went, yeah, and they'll go, that's what a blessing. Mm. Um, so it, it's always interesting to me at how people deal with finding out when death is coming. Right, right, and, right, right. And then how we are to respond as Christians to love our neighbors. Um, and sometimes that involves embracing the mystery. Um, one of my favorite things to say to people, not as a smug answer, but as an honest answer, they'll say things like, you know, what happens after we die, chaplain? Mm. And my belief is I, you know, go to heaven and I'll have to answer for all the things that I've done. And and also I believe that Jesus covers a multitude of sins. But um, that's my belief, and all belief involves faith. Right. And right, so right. sometimes the most honest answer is, you know, I don't I don't know. Never died before. Right, right, um, right, right, right. I, I can I can tell you what I believe. Ooh. And and um one one guy I told him that and he goes, Thanks for not BSing me, man. Mm. And I just went, Yeah, man. That I mean what do you want me to do? Lie to you? <laughs> like I, I, right, right. that goes against yeah. that goes against why I'm here. Yeah. Well the conversation I have with guys like this, I'm like, Lord. When I get ready to die, bam, like that, Lord, just pop me out of my body. <laughs> you know, I ain't got time to be suffering, none of that stuff, you know. Yeah. So, that's my conversation. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Even I'm walking down the street, hey, Mike, okay, here I come, see you. But let my body drop and I'm out of here. You know? <laughs> Funny. Uh, yeah. 
And, and those are times. And those are times where I just go, man. If I had to choose how I go, that'd be nice. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it also makes me see how big I am in terms of how my relationships um, have affected people. Also makes me see how small I am and how much God loves me. Right, right. Because right, right, there's just right. so much that I, while I can control a lot of things, there's a lot of things I can't. And so, yeah. okay. Okay, God. Um, I'm kind of here by myself and I need your help. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Um, Reminds me that I'm following a guy, Jesus, who came from a nowhere town and invested in, you know, a bunch of disciples and, and that was a really small act, but in that small act, he changed the world. And, and in doing so, I, I think that's what any of us can ask when we follow Jesus. Right, 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 right. So what was the motivating factor that made you decide to become a hospital chaplain from the uh, mission field? So how did all that transpire? Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, so when I went on the mission field, I had an idea that I would experience a lot of charismata. Mm. I was thinking like healings and, and preaching and revival. And this is before I went to seminary. And, and so I, I think I was very naive. Okay. Um, and uh, when I went there, I actually saw a miracle before I went on the field. Wow. Uh, so I was, I was like, all right, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's go out and fix people. And that's not at all what happened. Mm. Um, I, I played with a lot of orphans with the sinking realization that like in a month we're gone. And wow. the kids are alone, and the kids are alone again, and all they just want is like someone to hug them and love them, and you know, tell them that they remember them. Like, and so then you're gonna like, what do I need and to be loved and remembered? Oh wait, um, and then um, on the mission field, uh, we visited people in hospitals, and um, I found that uh, like as a minister, I would want people kept saying like, Oh, you need to tell them the gospel. I'm like, they know the gospel. Right. Or, or, or if they don't know the gospel, they're not asking me about it. So I'm just trying to fix them again. And people don't need to be fixed. They need to be loved. And so then when I went to seminary, I, um, I had an option of to finish my degree. I had an option of one unit of chaplaincy or interning for church for a year. Hmm. So I was like, all right, well, that's kind of a no brainer. Um, And so I went from people asking me what I thought about my faith and then having to explain it in academia to helping people access their own spirituality. Hmm. And um, I took a class in seminary interfaith dialogue where, um, I learned how to engage with other faiths as a means of witnessing and evangelism, mm. but in a way that um, helps people find it on their own 
Okay. And um, also, like as a Christian, learning how to talk to people about like people say things like, "Well, Muslims don't believe in Jesus." I was like, "Yeah, but." A lot of Muslims were nice to me on the field. They were the nicest people in, in countries that weren't Christian to me. Mm, mm. And, and and so then they were like, oh, well, like, how, how do you deal with that? I was like, I received love because that's the way, like, mm. I think if, if God calls you to be a cheerful giver, sometimes God calls you to be a cheerful receiver. And so when I started to uh, learn how to be a chaplain, I found that I got really calm in situations that were very tense, uh, which I think is a gift from God. Yeah, yes, it is. During during trauma, when you know things are happening and people could die and stuff like that, I got really calm, and so a lot of families really gravitated towards that. And also, I found that um, justifying. Uh, spiritual interventions with behavioral science to me proves how smart God is. Mm. And that means the world to me um, as a professional. Um, while I know it, and my entire, my entire spiritual walk is here to here and here to here. Mm. Sometimes I'll know it here and I can't figure out why. Or I'll know exactly why. I have trouble believing it here. And being a chaplain forces me to engage both. Um, our faith is with our heart and with our mind. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I became a chaplain. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I toyed with the idea of being a chaplain for a minute. And then I kind of realized that God wanted me to be a small group minister, you know. Do it. So that's what I do I, now. That's what I do now, you know, small group I, minister. I can do small groups and I lead small groups, but if that's what I was doing all day long, that would not be my green light. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. bless you, brother. Yeah, that well, That's that's hard work. Well, that's the only thing I was ever really had that God ever gave me was a small group, of course. Um my my vision was a five piece worship band, fifty members in the choir, nice podium, <laughs> about no less than a thousand people, and me teaching the book of the Bible. So, I mean, guess what? My... One day, this one day, God said, "Not." Nah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Uh, my vision always was the same. Um, I had people pray and prophesy over me that I would go to the nations and 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 bring the you know bring revival, and I did. I was a missionary, and right, right, right. right but in right. doing so, I found that revival is being at peace sometimes with things where God is a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. And finding, okay, I know God is here, not quite sure where. Or um, even when you find the answer, which I found that evangelicalism is really good at. Um, oh, yeah, they, they got a lot of answers. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, um, the more I dig into, you know, I, I, I got saved in the evangelical world. Right, right, and, right. That's a good thing, yeah. 
Yeah, and so the more the more I dig into why I do what I do, I find more and more I'm an evangelical through and through. But I also find that where evangelicalism lacks, Christian mysticism tell me tells me that's okay. Mm. And um, to me, that makes all the difference. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. How did you know, what happened that caused you to go from that to Christian mysticism or is it a combined or? Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. So you're ready for this one? You're ready I'm for ready. this one? I'm ready. Uh, to be perfectly blunt and honest, it was the election of Donald Trump. Uh, oh, the election of Donald that Trump. a lot of people to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So um, with the election of Donald Trump, I had friends on either side. Right, um, right, 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 right. On the left who were very big into social change. Right, right. And right. talking about things like systemic oppression, mm. which um, I think is very real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yep. Um, and they were saying, okay, clearly we got a problem here. And then I had friends on the right who kept saying, um, you know, this is what God is has been doing because Donald Trump is a God-fearing man. Mm. And um, he represents uh, values that the other party does not. Okay. Clearly. Okay. So, and then there, and then both of them were like, we're evangelicals. And I'm going, mm, ah, mm. Uh, and so um, I had to, number one, I had to look at, okay, what is an evangelical? So, I mean, I Googled the tar out of that and did a bunch right, of research. Right, 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 right. And so on paper, yeah, I'm an evangelical based upon those beliefs. However, I could not in good conscience call myself an evangelical with the amount of ambiguity I find in church communities um, because I find that in the American church, we don't welcome ambiguity. Nope. We, we say that that's bad faith and you're a bad uh, or, or, or uh, you're struggling and that's bad. And so um, I bought a book called, um, Oh, and so I was actually talking with a friend of mine who is a religious studies teacher. And he's like, so you're an evangelical. I'm like, well, yeah, but I kind of believe this. And I kind of believe that. And that's not welcome in the church. And he said, Chase, it sounds like a Christian mystic. And I went, no, 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 no. Yeah, because I thought that was like a bad word. Christian yeah. mystic, oh no, get that guy out of here. <laughs> yeah, and um and so um I bought a book, uh Christian Mysticism for Beginners. Okay. And um it kind of lays out um the journey of the Christian mystic. I love it except for one part. One part it quotes a Gnostic gospel and from my seminary training, I'm like, no, no, don't do that. Don't, don't. Right, 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 right. But right, 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 right. Other than that, the entire book felt like I was reading my life. Okay. okay. Um, one being that 
um, when you grow, you have what they call the dark night of the senses. Okay. Where worship ain't doing it for you. Um, you know, you're having problems connecting with um, your your community. And it's not that you don't like them. You're just going like, I don't feel like I'm at home. And so I thought there was something wrong with me. Mm. And and the book's like, no, it sounds like God is inviting you to someplace deeper. Okay, okay. So then it, it walks you through the process of um, eventually um, going through what they call the dark night of the soul. Okay. And in the dark night of the soul, um, you you don't destroy the image of God that you had, but you 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 allow God to fill in the spaces where you have maybe put God in a corner. Mm, I think I've done that before. I hope so. <laughs> um, and um, once you do that it talks a lot about listening mm. and listening for God. And for me, because I had a solid foundation in Jesus being God's greatest revelation to the world of who God is. Mm. Um, I began to listen for Jesus in um, people and in places where I was told, you know, you can go there, but you know, good luck finding God. Right, um, right, 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 right. And I found God to be very, very involved. Um, there are some places where, um, and also that doesn't mean it was always it was comfortable. Most of the time it's very uncomfortable. Right, right, um, right. I have I have friends who are part of the LGBTQ community. Okay. And they and they kept saying to me like, Chase, I you know I hear ministers tell me that. You know, God hates me all the time. Da, 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 da. But the other day I had this crazy religious experience with Jesus. I was like, how do you know it was Jesus? And they were like, Chase, I know what I saw. That was Jesus. And I'm going, okay. <laughs> you know, so what do we do with that? And and so from there, there's just been a lot of times where I encourage people to listen. Right, 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 and, right, right. And in doing so, and affirm that, okay, um, you're not crazy. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. God, God's yeah. doing something. Um, and I also have to, there's a, there's a phrase we use in uh, hospital chaplaincy, where is your theology has to be big enough to hold someone else's theology. That makes sense. That makes sense. And um, where I came from in the beginning of my faith. That... Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I know there's a whole lot of people out there who have walked down the same, or walking down the same path you're walking in, walk, walk down, you know. They're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get closer because traditional Christianity is not doing, doing it for me? Not that they don't believe, not that they reject the Bible. Mm -hmm. So would you advise them to take a look at Christian mysticism? Would you say just look at it and see what it has to offer? Or how would you go about suggesting that to someone? I would say uh, two things. One, what what are you listening to? Mm. Um, 
because before I ever thought it was a thing, I realized I was really listening to someone tell me how to talk to God, which is good. Okay. Like that's okay. that is okay. Do it. Like pastors are good. But um when we know when we start to listen to our heart and then we start to back it up with our brain. Right, right, um, right, 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 right. I think there there has to come a point where a, a pastor should be a guide rather than the say all be all. That is the that's the responsibility we have with following Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And um, so, if someone were going to come to me and be like, "Hey, I really want to get into Christian mysticism," I would start to ask, "What does your spiritual life look like? What's your prayer life look like?" Mm. And when I say, "What's your prayer life look like?" the answer is not, "Well, I need to pray more." The answer is, "Have I been listening? How much have I been listening?" Mm. And that doesn't mean you don't talk because, I mean, if, if all you do is go up to somebody and go, it's going to be a really bad conversation. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> For me, what, what happens with me usually when I go into prayer is I have to tell God everything that's on my mind. And I, sometimes that's a 15-minute conversation where I just go, God, and sometimes that means I cry. And, sometimes, and then at the end, God says, okay, you ready to listen? And you go, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would advise them to look at contemplative practices, um, listening prayer, Lectio Divina, and um, I also would advise them to invest in fellowship. Wow. wow. Um, because the Jesus in me needs the Jesus in you. Right, 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 right. Because there's so much I don't know. And um, it also forces me to love my neighbor. Right, right. Particularly the one that does not look like me or or uh, makes me uncomfortable. Wow, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think a lot of times we listen to people who are telling you about stuff that they know nothing about. Mm-hmm. You know? Because a lot of times in my life, I was taught that, well, the Catholic and the Orthodox, you know, they're wrong. Until I got to know a couple of Orthodox guys, and we start having some serious theological conversations, I'm going, you know, that makes a lot of sense, you know? <laughs> and, and they go, oh, yeah, by the way, we've been doing that for 1,500 years before you came along, and you go, Exactly, oh. exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, I can think of quite a few different Protestant denominations that I don't spend no time with, you know. Yeah. So, you know, we can we can really say, well, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong, and not actually having a conversation with someone. Because my viewpoint of Christian mysticism was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. That guy's weird. Right, right, right. So when I talk to you now, I hope I, I think I've developed a better understanding of it. Because uh, it even makes me want to seek it out even more and, and do more investigating on my own to get a better understanding of it. Because, uh, of course, they didn't have Christian mysticism in my seminary school, you know. It was just well, straight, straight traditional Christianity, you know. Well, I, I learned about it through um, Christian history class. 
Okay, okay. And um, how it, it kind of became full blown within like uh, twelve hundred. Okay. And then um, it kind of goes into like cycles. So for a while, there'll be people who are like, you know, we're not really mystics. We're not really mystics. And then like a whole bunch of really big thinkers will all happen at the same time. Mm. And then they'll have followers and they'll kind of go like this. And then there'll be a bunch that pop up. And so, um, and they trace it all the way back to origin. Yeah. yeah, Um, yeah, They say he was the first. That was a um, guy everybody loves to hate. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and so, uh, and also uh, a lot of Christian mystics love the, the gospel of John. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. which is, which is ironic because that's my least favorite gospel. Mm, mm, so um, mm. <laughs> I think that's when God goes, hey, buddy, uh, we have some things to talk about. I'm going, oh, okay. okay. So. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. It was like, wow. I remember when we first did our little interview on on the uh, the messenger thing, I kind of like asked you, well, do you believe in Jesus and all that stuff? You know, remember remember that question I asked you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I'm going, okay, well, that was showing my ignorance of Christian mysticism, you know. So I was thinking, <laughs> well, this guy's running around chasing spirits, spirits and stuff and, and talking, to, talking to all kind of weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I'm, I'm so glad we did this interview. Really, I really, I, am, I really, I really am. You know, me too. It's a, it's an honor. It really is. Um, a lot of people have a lot of the the word mystic. People go, eh. but when when you talk to them, when I talk to them, and then when I say things like, "Well, have you heard of you know Quakers?" Right, right, right. right and right, and right. they're more in the veins of mysticism, Christian mysticism. Because they believe in a lot of listening and the spirit talking. Okay. Um, okay. Which I think um, a lot of mainline denominations have got away from. I believe that 100%. Mm. So uh, if you want to come out to mystic- Christian mysticism world, we're, we're here. Um, <laughs> um, you saw uh, the guy. You saw the guy that says, Mike, you're orthodox. You're orthodox, Mike, and you don't even know it. I am nah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, there's there's some online um, communities that I've been a part of, um, of Christian mystics. Okay, okay. That um, have were really instrumental to me during the pandemic because oh, I couldn't I go to church. So, um, yeah, you can check them out online. Um be careful because mystic, like I said, it, like you know, it's a weird word, and so everyone's like, right, "Oh, we're right. mystics." And you're like, right, 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 hmm. right, right, um, right. Don't compromise the gospel, but be open to where maybe the gospel will be in a place where you're not expecting. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. All right, all right, all right. Well, Chase, thank you very much for appearing on Clergy Talk podcast and. Drop me a link if you can on one of those sites so I, I can explore it a little bit more. And with that being said, I'm going to keep you in my prayer and keep your work as a hospital chaplain in my prayer. And and I just so blessed to talk to a chaplain and and get a better understanding on the work you do because you've kind of enlightened me on what chaplains actually do and the conversations they have because 
knowing about a chaplain and talking to a chaplain and hearing their stories is different as night and day, you know, so. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, you're welcome. You're welcome. And um, thank you for providing a space, man. And that's um, that's the kind of stuff that I live for. Yeah, yeah. Um, because um, I, I learned I learned from you today. So well, we learn from each other. We learn from each other. Amen. Yeah. With that being said, man, you're gonna I'm gonna keep you in my press, and you have a blessed year. You too, brother. Have a great day. You too.